Happy New Year and welcome to episode 213 of the supersetyourlife.com podcast. After three and a half years, we are still your weekly dose of entertainment, education, and inspiration to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym. On Mondays, you know we set the tone for our athletes and our listeners in our faith, in our family, and in our fitness. That's right. Thanks, babe. So the start of a new year is your very first opportunity to hit the ground running with habits and rituals to superset your life, starting with what we eat, how we think, which is today's topic, and what we do, including exercise. So we will touch on all three today, but our focus is going to be on mindset. Go, go, go. We are going to walk through the HOPE Inductive Study Method. That is an acronym, H-O-P-E. It is very, very easy to learn, and obviously it is way even easier to memorize. Um, it's a practical way for any beginner or experienced reader of the Word of God to read, understand, and apply it into your daily life. Taylor, would you like to pray for us to kick things off today, please? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this new year and pray that this is the year we become closest to you. We pray for the strength to praise you through our storms and trust your plan. Thank you for everyone who listens to our podcast and we pray you bless their years with abundance, love, and peace. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Very beautiful word. Beautifully worded. Make sure I get the right adverb on there. Thanks, babe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so heads up, everybody. Next week, we'll be teaching on how we write workout plans. So do you write your own workouts? If you do, here will be some ideas. Do you work with a coach or are you one of our athletes? Now you'll know how it works behind the scenes as we use the training techniques that I've been using that work best for us and for our professional and our amateur athletes since becoming competition coaches. All right, question for you on that topic, by the way. Is bodybuilding a sport or an art? While it's certainly a competitive sport, anyone who purposefully manipulates their body composition to change the size and shape of their body is participating by definition in the artistic aspect of bodybuilding, something that I've grown to appreciate much more lately, in fact. Dr. Robert Kiltz says in his book, his super awesome book that my beautiful wife totally got me for Christmas. Thanks again for that, babe. <laughs> Um, so it's called Kiltz's Keto is Carnivore, a guide for a fertile life and beyond. Just starting this one, loving it. So on page 138, he says, studies link being open to new experiences with lower levels of inflammation, increased oxytocin, serotonin, and reduced cortisol and epinephrine. Get out there and do something new. It will benefit your mind and your body. If you've wanted to learn how to paint, knit, make pottery, master calligraphy, uh, write a poem, learn an instrument, check, <laughs> plan a garden, uh, go do it. So thanks again, babe, for the book. Something we need to do is learn how to swing dance. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I agree with Dr. Kiltz on this one for sure. Lately, bodybuilding has become much more of an art and a creative outlet than a sport. Chronic overtraining and excessive exercise is detrimental to your brain and your body. Skinny is deadly. That's something that he says a lot too. Hmm. Um, less is often more. I've learned a lot from Dr. Kiltz lately. Exercise should be a celebration of what your body can do and who you are, not a punishment for what you ate yesterday. Mm, that's good. Thanks. That was mine actually. <laughs> I like that. 
Yeah, so you can find our interview with Dr. Mm -hmm. Robert Kiltz on our YouTube channel, Skull Bells TV, just like it says, all one word, S-K-U-L-L-B-E-L-L-Z-T-V, or by tuning in to session number 35 of our award-winning nutrition podcast, Carnivore Coaches Corner, which is available on the same platform that you're listening to now. You know that you can just type Carnivore Coaches Corner and you will find our show really, really quick. All right, so uh, when you work out, what is the end goal that you are trying to accomplish? Is it strength? Is it cardiovascular health? Is it building muscle mass? Is it weight loss? Hopefully not, because that should be taken care of by your diet. Yep. More on that, check out any of the 36 interviews that we have published on Carnivore Coach's Corner. No one should use exercise for the purpose of losing weight. Unhealthy, well, uh, uh, excuse me, unhealthy weight gain is caused by one thing and one thing only, and that's your diet. Right. We just talked about this yesterday, babe. Yeah. Um, abusing cardio, uh, abusing cardio quickly turns into out training a bad diet, which is a surefire way to create long term hormonal and metabolic consequences that often lead to eating disorders because the root of the problem was never addressed, which is your nutrition. I can speak from that. On I was going to say we both can speak for that. 100%, Absolutely. 100 percent. Wish I would have known that a long time ago. Yep. But the gym industry doesn't want to tell you that. People that sell you cardio equipment don't want to tell you that. Yep. They want you doing your cardio. <laughs> okay. Um, or maybe you just lived, uh, love to live weights too. And that's another good reason to be in the gym. Amen. Okay. End of our nutrition rant. Uh, a few more thoughts before we get into the hope inductive study model. We won't be memorizing any Bible verses this week because we've all got new projects that we're starting at the moment. Plenty of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my FCA coaches Bible devotional study ended yesterday. And so that's kind of why I wanted to actually touch on 2 Corinthians 12, 9 for a second. One of the last lessons was on 2 Corinthians 12, 9, which I believe is perfect to consider on the first of a new year. Um, this coaches the Bible. This coaches Bible is a 365 day devotional uh, of all the for, for what it's worth of all the devotionals that I've done. This has by far, by far been my favorite. Uh, most of my athletic devotionals that I've done in the past uh, through FCA have all been athletic and competition focused. This one is focused on coaching and it presents a valuable leadership perspective for coaches to use their faith as a foundation for what they teach. I highly recommend this book to any coach who is also a Christian. It is truly life changing. I found it on Amazon a year ago for 20 bucks. Every single morning of 2023 since then has started with a clear vision of who I am in Christ and who I need to be for our athletes. Definitely the best $20 that I ever spent. Hit me up. Hit me up for the book if you are looking for it and can't find it. You should just link it in the show notes. I the, think a lot of people would benefit from it. There we go. I'll put it down there. Yeah. Okay. My grace is sufficient for you. This is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weakness so that Christ's power may reside in me. Jim McGraw says, once our strength is out of the way, God's power can be effective in our weakness. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. How's that for a segue? <laughs> uh, so Arnold's weak points were always his legs, right? Uh, most of his leg training had been comprised of barbell squats up until that point. And his physique was very top heavy, in fact, until he began to train with Vince Gironda, who's my hero, and learned new techniques of training that contributed to becoming who most people believe today is the greatest bodybuilder of all time. And to this day, nobody says Arnold who. That's true. <laughs> yep. 
The training techniques that Vince taught Arnold became popular because they work, which is one of the best things that ever happened to Vince Gironda's career, funny enough. So personally, I wish that he was even better known because I believe his work is still very underrated today. So what was a weakness became a strong point once Arnold Schwarzenegger finally put in the work. 2023 showed me a lot of areas that I need to improve on personally, things that are much more important than muscle mass, although that's very important too, <laughs> uh, at least for me. The areas that I'm weak in don't mean that I'm hopeless and should just focus on my strengths. Those are all opportunities for God to be glorified. Yes. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way, the Spirit also joins to help in our weaknesses, because we do not know what we pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. Wow. How mm -hmm. does that not send chills up your spine? Right. And that gives you confidence, too. Whenever you're praying, if you're, if you're using the right words, the wrong words, praying to Jesus, praying to God, praying to the Holy Spirit, hey, that gets retranslated back to God <laughs> in the exact words that he that he needs to hear for that your words to be heard so whether you feel like whether you feel like your words are um are, are the right words to use in your prayer you can be sure that they are because they get because because they get um I guess what am, what am I what am I trying to say the spirit intercedes for us there we go okay um uh, as long as long as you're praying with an honest heart I think that's what this scripture is getting at my uh, my personal weakest fruit of the spirit, which is uh, you can find these in Galatians five twenty one through twenty two. There's nine of them, and uh, my my worst one for sure is patience. That's what I figured out on in, in twenty twenty three. <laughs> uh, so praying with clients over the last six months, and uh, did did a uh, did a study through the book of Galatians with one of our clients together, and so doing stuff like that that helped uh, bring this um, I guess to my attention. And help me understand that I need to be more relaxed in stressful situations. And so I think and I hope that it's the kind of stuff that Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. I just want to throw that as an example. So that's my weak point and something that I'm really taking closer inventory on. and want to make sure I get better at in, in 2023. Is that is that okay with you, babe? If I work on my patience in, in 2024, that is? <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, good. Uh, let's get back to the to the, to the rest of this. Um, uh, let, let's get let's stay on topic, though. I'm getting a little impatient. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? All right. So my question for you as a listener is, what is your daily devotional practice? Uh, it doesn't have to be a daily devotional book per se. Taylor and I, uh, there's tons of good ones out there. Um, I've, I've uh, listed a couple of my favorite ones, but... Um, Taylor and I are each personally studying one chapter of the Bible this year. So we're not doing a, a, a personal devotional like we did last year. Uh, we're just focusing a little bit more on our inductive study and making that our, our devotional this year. So if you're someone that's new to the Bible and you're just like, hey, I'm just trying to figure out like how to read this stuff and like actually ex uh, actually understand it. The hope model, um, it's, it's just such a simple way and basic way to start. And so I can't recommend this enough. If you do one chapter a day, you'll be done with the entire Bible in three years. If you do three chapters a day, you'll be done with the entire Bible in about a year. Um, Taylor, I think that you usually like to um, read with other people, right? Instead of by yourself, or do you go back and forth? I go back and forth, but right now I'm reading with a friend. I prefer to have the accountability of reading with somebody because it's easier for me to not do it if I don't have that. Yep. So... Absolutely. How's that going so far? Good. Yeah, it's a day one, right? 
day one. <laughs> awesome. Going through the book of James, which is probably one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's why we named James, James, except for the fact that it's family name. But anyways. <laughs> we named him James for two reasons. Yes. Uh, who, you, who, who are you studying with now? Uh, Crystal Sykes. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. Okay. Uh, yeah, personally, um, I usually like to study by myself, but... If the, but if but if I'm training a client that is um, coming in, that that is you know reading a new book for the first time, it's been a while since I've read that book too. That's an opportunity for me to double up and kind of like have a study buddy there. Um, other than that, Taylor and I don't typically read the same book. Um, no. I don't know why. Maybe we should. <laughs> but I don't know. I think because I get, I, I mean, I get more out of it when I do it by myself personally. I, and I think our brains are so different, which would probably be a good reason to do it. Um, but you tend to get way too in depth for me and it goes over my head. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially if there's any like prophecy implications and stuff. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I, I just, I just kind of get hooked on that. And then, and then, and then Taylor's, uh, I don't know. I kind of lose her. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there's, and, and it's not that my way of studying is better or that her way of studying is better, but she's a different person with a different brain and I'm a different person with a different brain. Yes, we're one flesh, but we still have different ways that we think and different ways that we learn. And so this is just what works best for us. Yep. All right. Um, so what does the word inductive mean? This is an adjective that is characterized by the inference of general laws from particular instances. That makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for our purposes, it's a consistent system of rules to uh, better help and better understand the Bible. Oh, and actually that definitely calls for a quotation of Psalm 119 verse 20, uh, which actually talks all about rules. Did I tell you, babe, that that was actually the part of the reason why I got so obsessed with uh, uh, with, with Psalm chapter 119, because it's all about rules and because no. that's, yeah, it's kind of when we, you know, our, our kids are really young and learning all like a lot of the house rules for the first time. I'm like, man, like I just feel better and better. The more rules that we have, <laughs> mm -hmm. I wonder if that's how God feels about us. Um, in Psalm 119 verse 20, it says, my soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. Hmm. Right. So in November, so in uh, in November of 2023, um, that's when I completed a three-year inductive study of the Bible using the ESV translation, and I like it a lot because it's very word for word. It's very literal. Unfortunately, if you're reading something for the first time, uh, it's, uh, some people complain saying that it can be uh, hard to understand, and I can definitely jump on that bandwagon too. There's things in ESV that I read it, I'm like, what the heck, and then I read it in CSB, and I'm like, oh, okay, makes a lot more sense. Um, so that's probably had more impact over my spiritual life than, than anything else, even in church, even the music. I mean, anything else, really, because it's given me a picture of what God is communicating to us through his word. Um, when you hear somebody say something that um, uh, in inspires you about your faith, when you hear something new, whether it's a, whether it's a preacher, whether it's something that you hear on YouTube, um, making it a habit. To, to, to double check what you're hearing with the scripture and to make sure that that person is using correct doctrine, um, I believe is a practice that any uh, that, that, that any, any any Christian should have. Otherwise, you know, it's just like fact-checking nutrition, right? Mm. You hear a coach say, eat carbs. You hear another coach say, say don't eat carbs. Okay, what do you do? You eat got... <laughs> everything in moderation. Don't eat everything in moderation. Right, and I, yeah. and I would say, listen to the coach that says, don't eat carbs. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right. So um, let's see, where were we? You used 
Arthur, or K. Arthur's study method. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so so I so I used K. Arthur's inductive study method for that. There's uh, there's several different methods on how to go about studying the Bible using an inductive study method. Um, and here again, it just means a, a set of rules and something consistent that you use every time to get the most out of the Bible, so you can actually understand it. Because what, because for me, like. Uh, I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not a historian, right? Like I just picked up a Bible and started reading it. And so to be able to make up, the, so so to be able to make some sense of it, um, I had to have some systems in place. And so K. Arthur's uh, inductive study study method, particularly if you're a nerd like I am, um, let me put it this way: it's a bit much. It's a bit much for Taylor. It's a bit much for most people I've found. Uh, but for me personally, for somebody that's really obsessed with the word. Uh, any of Kay Arthur's work is, is is wonderful. All of her books that I've read are incredible. Um, she's also a very highly motivating speaker, um, full of a lot of energy. So we're fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so this project was so much fun that I found it in my heart to do it again. So uh, today was actually um, what was was actually the first day for me personally committing to reread the entire Bible. So I'll be done three years from now. <laughs> well, and I think what's so cool about you rereading it, because I think a lot of people are like, all right, I've read it once. Now I don't have to do it again. But you're in such different points of your life after doing it once no, that so. you're going to get something completely different out of it this this go around well yeah exactly like i feel like it's an entire new book now it's like i i studied ezekiel chapter one this morning and i'm like okay i've, I've studied the, it's my it's my favorite book my favorite prophet like like i love everything about this book every yeah. single chapter is just so captivating and just going back and reading chapter one right now i'm like i don't know there's eight things that i didn't know were there before right <laughs> you know? um so every time you learn it exactly to your point babe very very, very glad that you said that every single time that you go even back and reread something you're at a different point a more mature point in life and uh reading the reading the bible can feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose sometimes so uh, i don't think that it's designed to be read the like like just co cover to cover over over a couple days like any other book like i think you need to read it you need to pray about it and then you need to sit on that for a little bit if you make it through an entire chapter great i don't know when i'm going through psalms half the time i get hung up on one or two verses and i'm like wow that was a lot i kind of just need to sit on that for a day you know <laughs> Which is another reason why I can't sit in the Bible with you because you get so deep in it like that, like which is fantastic. Yeah, oh, but yeah. it works for you, but it does not work for me. <laughs> I'll get hung up on one word and then like have to do a twenty minutes later. We got the concordance and three other translations out, and yeah, kids, kids, kids are asking for our attention. And yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what is the Hope Inductive Study Method? It is very similar to what Kay Arthur teaches. Um, I think it's a little simpler, actually. And so I, th I thought it would be a little bit easier to explain this one on a podcast. Um, but I'm, I'm becoming familiar. Um, I, I've become familiar with the HOPE model because Dominique Young uses it for her YouTube ministry, which is called Faith Family Worldwide. So Faith Family Worldwide is an online group Bible study. Uh, I joined in the summer of 2023 this last year. Many of our clients since then have also joined by our recommendation. It's become a high energy, positive way for us to start the day in fellowship together, even if we are at a distance. So at the beginning of December, Dominique asked for volunteers to lead small group Bible studies in 2024. I enthusiastically signed up for that. If you are listening to our show right now, Following us on Instagram or signed up on our newsletter, you will hear details for our upcoming Ezekiel study that I will be leading. Um, this will be open to all of our clients, our friends, family, uh, members of faith family worldwide, uh, friends from church, our, uh, the, the online ministry. Everybody's welcome for this. Um, I don't know. We're hoping to have a group of about 20, uh, 10 or 20 people. 
whoever wants to, 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 to learn the book of Ezekiel. So if you have tried to read the book of Ezekiel and cannot understand it, um, which is what I hear often, <laughs> um, have no fear because this group is for you. So stay tuned for more info on that. This is my favorite book that I've ever read here again. Just love the book. Love, love, love the guy. Uh, fun fact about him. Did you know, babe? Um, did, did, did you, do you know when Ezekiel became a priest? He's, he's from, he's from the tribe of Levi. So that's like kind of what you're supposed to do. No. He never became a priest. Oh. They were they were in exile the entire time that he was writing. So the entire reason Whoa. that he thought he was, the, the yeah, the entire reason that he thought he was on this earth, basically, he had to put it aside and completely submit to everything that God was teaching, was, was telling him, and tell all that to Israel. Basically sums up the book of Ezekiel. Yeah. All right. Um, so hope is, wait, where are we at right now? Right there. Gotcha. Okay, thanks. So uh, Dominique and her colleagues were kind enough to train me through a course to use and teach the uh, the HOPE inductive study method, which is what I'm sharing with Taylor this morning. So uh, HOPE is an acronym once again. So write this down if you're taking notes. And if you can't write it down, have no fear because it is clearly spelled out in the timestamps of this episode. If you're on your iPhone, you can just scroll down to it and take a screenshot of it. Bam, set it as, set, set it, set it as a... Uh, set it as a background of your phone and you have the hope and stu- hope hope inductive study method right there in front of you for your reference. <laughs> All right. So H stands for hear it twice. O stands for observe and connect. P stands for pull out timeless truths. And E and E stands for engage personally. So the questions that you want to be asking for H, which is hear it twice. First thing that we're going to do is read the entire chapter to get an overview of what is being said. Um, I like to read it out loud if I can, um, and then use another translation for the second read if you have one handy. So personally, usually I like to double up with CSB and ESB. ESB is pretty literal. CSB, uh, CSB is also very literal, but it reads a lot smoother. Uh, between the two of them, I, I, I usually feel like I have a good handle on what that text is saying. Okay, O stands for observe and connect. So the questions that you want to be asking yourself are, what does the text say? What does the text mean? That's a good time also to highlight key passages and key words. Personally, I like to highlight with a yellow highlighter entire verses that jump out at me. Um, anything that I think is funny, I actually highlight in a in an orange highlighter. <laughs> I don't know. Something, um, something that uh, is, is related to food. Um, stuff that's usually something that I'll uh, that I'll highlight with green. Um, this is a system that works for me, and uh, you're not going to get judged on this at Judgment Day. Okay, so whatever helps you to better understand and, and better make sense of these words, go for it. And yes, that does mean that Colt's Bible is a hundred percent rainbow <laughs> right now. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's kind of embarrassing. It looks like a it looks like a kindergartner um, drew a drew, drew like an analog schematic. Yeah. In my Bible. That's kind of what it looks like. It's it's embarrassing, but I don't know. I can't make any more. It's not embarrassing. It's cool. Yeah, I just can't make sense without um with without rolling up my sleeves like that. <laughs> I like how your last bullet point here is to look for patterns because that's probably something I'll never do. Is that okay? Really? Oh yeah, yeah. See, see here again, that's fine. Like when right. when I when I when I read the Bible and I see patterns, like I see I see pictures, like they they jump out at me. I'm like, wow, okay. So um, what, so what Ezekiel is talking about definitely applies to the nation of Israel at the time, but there's also a much distant prophetic implication along with it. See, That's my brain would just I never did. even go there. Uh, see, and, 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 and for me, it's art. It's beautiful. I know. You know? Well, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it's different. It's, it, neither of these are right or wrong. Yeah. Um, 
you can you 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 can also get you you can also get bogged down and just learn way more information than what you probably than what you probably need from day to day. And so, yeah, I mean, studying the Bible is great, but at the end of the day, um, we should be living out this stuff day to day. That's the entire point, right? Yeah. Not not yet. Um, what's what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Wisdom is applied knowledge. All it is is taking that knowledge and actually doing something with it. Okay. So P stands for pull out the timeless truth. So where those questions you want to be asking is my favorite question, which is where can we see Jesus in this chapter? Jesus is on that. the, yep. Jesus is on every page of the Bible. Sometimes it's clear. Sometimes you got to look for him, but he's always there. What else does the Bible speak on this subject? Okay. You want to be looking for cross references too. So that is P, which is pull out the timeless truth. And then E stands for engage personally. So the questions you want to be asking yourself here are how can I live these truths out today? And then prayer. Who does this tell me that I need to pray for? And that might be somebody else and that might be you. Yeah. So to recap again, H stands for hear it twice, two times that is. Uh, o stands for observe, P stands for pull truths, and E stands for engage. All right, so with that, let's go ahead and go into James chapter one, which is what you studied with Crystal this morning, right? I think that's happened. Why'd you guys pick the book of James? Um, because we were looking for something, I wouldn't use the word simple, but applicable mm -hmm. and easy to understand right now as we're getting into just the new year and something that we can easily start this routine and everything with. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you're trying to understandable. Decide, yeah. If you're trying to decide what book of the Bible to start with, um, obviously you can't go wrong with Genesis. Obviously you can't go wrong with any of the gospels. Um, the gospel is probably fresh in a lot of our, in a lot of our minds right now or semi fresh. If we've been to church recently, because uh, we just celebrated the birth of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. So uh, the book of James, uh, I mean, that's still an amazing place to start. It's, it's, it's very boots on the ground. There's a lot of general wisdom in it. And so there's um, plenty of places actually where um, even Christians can see eye to eye on people that don't have the same faith that we do. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a, a, a lot of good, just general wisdom in this book. It's, yeah. Like I said, very boots on the ground, very basic, um, doesn't go super deep theologically. And so it just kind of tells you what you need to do and how you need to live your life. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, Jay, uh, um, honey, what did you learn from Actually, do you, do you just, just want to, um, let's just go ahead and go through the whole method together. So why don't you read it in CSV and then I'll read it in ESV. All right. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad. Greetings. Consider, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let the endurance have its full effects so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Fun fact, this was our Motivation Monday, how many, few weeks ago? A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubters is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. Let the brother of humble circumstances boast in his exaltation, but let the rich boast in his humiliation because he will pass away like a flower of the field. For the sun rises and together with the scorching wind dries up the grass, its flower falls off and its beautiful appearance perishes. In the same way, the rich person will wither away while pursuing his activities. Ouch. Blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. 
has prompt um, that God has promised to all who love him. No one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. That after desire has conceived, it's it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking for his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and preserves it in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks that if anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep one's self unsustained from the world. Thank, thanks a lot for that, babe. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and read it from uh, English Standard Version now. Okay, um, one, one side note. So in verse 1, 1, it says, to the 12 tribes of the dispersion. If you're like me, you may be wondering what that is. Um, the 12 tribes that were dispersed um, in the dispersion, the, the tribes of the tribes of Israel were scattered throughout the world by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. They looked forward to being regathered as a people. Jeremiah 31, 7 through 14 and Ezekiel 37, 15 through 28. That's the passage of the, of the dry bones, actually kind of talking about the same thing. So James implies that the true Israel is now um, and is always excuse me, is is now also dispersed away from its heavenly homeland and oppressed, but assured of their final regathering to the Lord. Um, that is in the notes of my ESV uh, Crossway Study Bible. Okay, so here it is, uh, James chapter 1, English Standard Version. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So steadfastness in this one. It was patience and yours, right? Endurance. Endurance, sorry. Uh, and actually, I believe King James Version and some other translations translate that as patience. So this uh, this Greek word, I forgot what it is, but whatever it is, it could be translated as steadfastness, patience, and endurance. Basically, uh, the, the, the Greek en encompasses all of them. If you haven't figured this out yet, as you start to read the Bible, you realize really, really quick that the English language is kind of a dumbed-down version <laughs> of a whole bunch of much more uh, beautiful and uh, much more intricate languages like Greek and Hebrew. So verse four, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Oh, perfectionist. I like the last verse. Mm -hmm. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. 
but let him ask in faith, not doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test of time, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has con when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of sh or shadow due to change. Of his own will be brought us forth by the truth of, but, excuse me, by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is also able to save your souls." What did we say that this wasn't very theologically deep at the start? <laughs> okay, like maybe not as theologically deep as some other books, but man, oh man, that's that, that was that was a deep one. Okay, yeah. uh, verse twenty-two, almost done. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intentionally at a natural face in the mirror. That's kind of like what we were just talking about: um, faith versus, excuse me, uh, knowledge versus wisdom. For he looks at himself and goes away and forgets at what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer but um, one who forgets but a doer and one who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious, th th this, okay, this part's really cool, this last part. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, that person's religion is worthless. Religion is that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unsustained from, from the world. Wow. So look how many times it says religion there and how many times does Christianity get lumped into a, uh, lumped into a category of being just another religion. Mm -hmm. It is not another religion. Yeah. Every other religion is a religion. Christianity is the opposite of religion. Let me read that again. Verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, that person's religion is worthless. Religion is pure and undefiled before God. The Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained, uh, yeah, unstained from the world. Wow. So good. Okay. So we did H, which is hear it twice, and then O is observe. So we kind of started doing that. Um, honey, is there anything that jumps out at you that you wanted to share? No, I'm have like my pull my truths and engagement that I'd like to share. Okay, good. 
So, so, um, so for observation, your entire goal is to figure out what the text is saying. Okay. So anything that's complicated or anything that like jumps out at you, um, or anything that you can see that, that you can that you can see for a quick for for um, uh, for a cross reference too. Uh, these are these are all these are all things that we want to be observing. Uh, okay, pull truths. Go ahead, babe. What you got there? Okay, so basically, I think the sum of most of what this book or sorry, this chapter is trying to say is praising Jesus in your suffering um, as it produces just a very fertile soil for you to just deepen those faith roots, in my opinion. Yep. So very, very good. Yeah, very much so. Um, oh, sorry. One oh, thing. and also being slow to speak totally. because that's what I'm working on this year. Mm hmm. Are you done interrupting me now so I can move on? I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the way that you said that, I was like, oh, that is just that is just perfect for a roast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, dear God, forgive me for that one, please. Uh, okay. So uh, James chapter one verse twelve. Yeah, this is the motivation Monday that we did a couple days that we did a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read this one again. Here we go. Blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. So there's two Greek words for crown. It could either mean like a trophy or it could mean uh, like a king's crown. Okay, this is actually a uh, a trophy type crown. This is this 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 is something that um, the Greek the Greek the Greek word implies something that was uh, given as a reward um, in athletic events. Okay, so if we actually go to uh, let me see if I remember where it's at. Um, toward, towards the end, uh, yeah, actually it's towards the start of Revelation. I think it's chapter four or five. Just give me a second. Um, we find out what we do with those crowns, which is very, very exciting. Any guesses what we do with them, babe? We wear them. <laughs> we, we wear them. We, uh, we ultimately throw them back at the feet of G of Jesus Christ. We, th yeah. we throw him at, um, at his throne as a matter of fact. So, um, that, uh, so like the, the band uh, casting crowns, yeah, that's actually where mm -hmm. they get that is because we throw our crowns at his feet. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so this is Revelation chapter four, verse, let's start at verse six. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first had a living creature, fir the first creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox and the third living creature like the face of a man and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight and the four living creatures each of them with six wings are full of eyes all around and within and day and night they never cease to say holy 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 is the lord god almighty who is and was and is to come and yeah by the way that's um that's what angels actually look like everybody <laughs> i know we just came out of christmas and we've seen like a lot of pictures and christmas cards and stuff that has angels on them with like babies and stuff yeah that that that's all medieval inspired that's not what that's not how the bible describes angels they're pretty scary looking my Google. sister texted me a few days ago and she's like i just googled what a biblically like lot or sound angel looks like and they're scary yeah <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to mess with angels. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, verse 9. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, 24 elders, major, major keyword, Revelation chapter 4, verse 10. Okay. Um, most scholars, I tend to put myself on this camp too, believe that those 24 elders are actually prophetic of the church. So um, that's probably you and me. Acts 17, 11, search the scripture for yourself and find and see if these things if these things are true. But I don't know. That's what that's what I get out of this. So 
Verse 10, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. So that's what we end up doing with those crowns. All right. So it seems like it's kind of for our glory that we're doing this, but everything always points back to Jesus Christ. Right. So if you're looking for Jesus Christ on this page, um, maybe that's where you could see it. All right. And then one other one other, other uh, note that I wanted to add to in terms of timeless truths, um, you want to see what the rest of the Bible has to say about these truths. OK, so uh, James chapter one, verse 14 but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives uh, brings forth death. All right. So if we look at <clears throat> what is actually a fun fact, Benny Mobley. We had him on our podcast uh, several weeks ago. <laughs> uh, he guest posed at the Open Natural with me. Several weeks ago, like mm -hmm. 30 weeks ago. <laughs> well, we had him on the podcast like several weeks after we guest oh. posed together. <laughs> okay. it's, yeah, he's a bit, he's a busy dude. Uh, but his, this, this is his favorite Bible verse. Um, no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to humanity. God is faithful and he will not allow you uh, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation he will also provide a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. Hmm. Very very encouraging. Okay? And then the last part is engage. So the questions that we want to be asking ourselves now are how does this speak to us personally and how can we pray for others on this? Well, one thing I wanted to mention too is verse six says, but let him ask in faith without doubting for the doubter is like surging sea driving and tossed by the wind. Um, I think I need to work on mm. that in my own life when I'm praying for something and truly believing that God can make it possible and not doubting the plans and not doubting his like vision for our life. And one of the things that you and I just stepped on on Major Faith doing is really making sure that we're tithing the 10%. I was hoping income. you were going to say that. Yeah, because you were like, we should put 10% 10, 10 of this last sale towards our uh, to, to our church. And I was like... Because to be honest, yeah, I think should. tithing for anybody, <laughs> um, giving, donating, whatever it is, giving back to your community, your church, it's, it's hard, especially in today's time because... Things are expensive and more than they ever have been in the history of our lives. Oh, everybody's on a budget. That's the number one thing I hear every single time. Oh, I can't afford to do carnivore. I can't afford to eat steak every day. I'm like, yeah. bro, I'm eating for I'm eating for less than a dollar a day, man. Yeah. I killed this deer. <laughs> uh, um, my landlord pays my water bill. Uh, salt isn't very expensive. And red meat and water, salt are what lions eat. They're at the top of the food chain. I think we're at the top of the food chain, too. Let's eat like lions. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but anyways. Um... I think for us, we can always think that God is going to come through when we tithe and decide to tithe, but like 10% is a lot of money. When oh, you yeah. really think about it, it's a lot of money. And so on our last sale, it was before the new year, Colt and I both just talked about, you know what, we've, we've never really been the best about giving 10%. We just kind of give what we think we can at that moment in time. Right. And we've never put the full faith that God is going to provide on the backside like, of that. It, it kind of makes us feel like God's probably thinking, oh, wow, we're getting, I'm, I'm getting their leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. That's not okay. God should get their, the first fruits. Right. And so our um, 
promise to each other and to the Lord, obviously, is this year is we're going to tie 10% of every sale or of our income because our income is based off of our sales. So we don't have like an amount we can do monthly right now. We just are the first thing we do when we get a sale is we're just going to make sure we get on our church's app and just tie 10% to our church. Yep. And um, that was a big step of faith for us a few days ago. And lo and behold, of course, God came through. Always does. Yep. Every single time. Yeah. It was amazing. So anyways. Love it. I'm going to close this out in prayer. Thanks for that. Yeah, our kids are going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have to hang tight with our athlete spotlight and our couple other announcements before yeah, we close it. Here we go. Uh, dear Lord, your word says in James 1.12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Dear Lord, we love you. We really want this crown. And I really just want to throw it back to you at your feet so so that uh, so that you can receive the glory. And I pray that over the year of 2024, we would inspire and encourage and um, and help as many people to do the exact same as we possibly can. OK, um, any gifts that we have to be able to share and to be used in your kingdom, even if we feel like they're weaknesses, we know that they are made great because of your strength. And those are opportunities for you to shine. Lord, it is in the blessed name, the mighty name, the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Our athlete spotlight of the week is for Leo Dawkins here in Billings, Montana. And although we're online coaches, we try to train in person whenever we can. And in this case, uh, yeah, a few so, days ago. Yeah. So so, so uh, Leo, uh, Leo believed that after he had finished 28 reps on the hack squat, which was a long drop set, um, he believed that was all that he had. What he didn't realize is that he actually had another 10 reps. <laughs> so I trained harder, harder than normal two, uh, the, the normal two of them because iron sharpens iron, Proverbs 27, 17. And uh, Leo has a way of motivating everyone around them to be better than average. So he's probably unofficially highly respected as like the hardest worker at Yellowstone Fitness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hamstrings have, have, in particular have seen some noticeable growth so very very proud of you sir that's the kind of work that makes champions let's get another big victory this summer heck yeah and then our podcast review of the week for supersetyourlife.com is from Daniel Schroyer in Houston, Texas amen all is made new in Christ beginnings and endings are crucial I love how coach Colt and high highlights the importance of his own morning and evening routines to this or to his life of faith and fitness. Thanks a lot for that, Daniel. It means a lot coming from someone who knows the word on a level that I hope to understand to someday that I aspire to for sure, man. Um, you've taught me a lot. Have a blessed 2024, dude. All right. Uh, Proverbs 16, 24 says pleasant words are a honeycomb sweet to the taste and health to the body. All right. And our podcast review for Carnivore Coaches Corner. And I apologize ahead of time, but I'm just going to call you V because I cannot pronounce your name. Vitaly Juice. Okay. Vitaly Juice. <laughs> I, I, I call him Vitaly for short. And he says that that's totally okay too. <laughs> okay. Uh, very interesting stuff. I use Himala pink Himalayan salt, but I might switch to sea salt next time. Thank you for sharing. He's um, talking about uh, episode 33 when we're talking about sea salts with Michael Silic. Thank you very much for the love, Vitaly. Pink Himalayan salt is definitely upgrade from the sodium that 99% of people get. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then our store review is from Carly Kovacic. I said that wrong, didn't I? Kovacic. Kovacic. I'm sorry. And she is in Shreveport, Louisiana. And she said two more logbooks, one for me and one for a gift. Thanks again, Milton's. Thanks a lot, Carly. Keep those gains coming. You'll have a library of those before too long. All right. And everybody, thanks again for listening. Please share this podcast with a friend if you found it helpful. We'll catch you later this week on episode 214. 
blows my mind that we're above the 200 still yep. of the supersetyourlife.com podcast. Until God. then, God bless. We'll catch you with, or we're going to leave you here with our battle cry at supersetyourlife.com, which is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were purchased at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Happy New Year! Woo!